Hi, everyone. I'm out of town this week celebrating my friend Jeremiah's wedding, and so I won't be able to record and ask me anything this week. So instead, I'd like to share with you the recording of my Bible study from my men's group, The Council, discussing primarily Psalm 73. Now, I'm not doing these Bible studies inside the council anymore. In fact, the council has evolved substantially since I started it in some really exciting directions. So you're going to be hearing a lot more about that soon. I'm thrilled with what's going on and the way that the men are coming together. So I'm going to be discussing that very, very soon at length. So keep your eyes and ears open for more information about that. Once again, coming up on Saturday, November 11th is the third edition of the Renaissance of Men digital conference series. We'll have Blood and Rain, David Hammond, The Grounded Athlete, Kaz TV, The Iron Disciples, and Jonathan West. You can find out more information about that event in the show notes, hit the Eventbrite link, and use the code RENOFMEN for $5 off. And don't forget to pick up some Reformation Coffee for your weekly podcast diet. You can go to reformationcoffee.com and enter the code SUBFREE, and you'll get a free bag of coffee when you sign up for a regular subscription. Again, real quick about the study, I always feel the need to say this, I'm just a man reading the Psalms and sharing what I'm getting from them during my daily reading. And nothing that I ever share on the Renaissance of Men should ever be taken as a substitute for being under proper pastoral authority. Thanks so much, and please enjoy the study of Psalm 73. Morning, gentlemen. Happy Saturday. Been a couple days since I've done these, but um, hopefully it'll be worth the wait. I don't know how many of you listen to these, but I just want to tell you what a privilege it is to be on this journey through the Bible with you, especially through Psalms. Um, I've read all these before, but to have to read them and digest them and and be able to say or attempt to say something intelligent about them is is a very special experience. So thank you for listening to this and thank you for um, thank you for giving me a reason to approach these texts um, with more focus than I would probably be able to achieve on my own um, because I learn by talking, <laughs> as you may have noticed. So uh, we're in Psalm 71 through 76, sorry, through 75, and uh, I want to focus on Psalm 73, and I'm not going to spend any time really on Psalm 71 and on the other Psalms. Um, I just, I do want to point out from Psalm 71, um, verse 5, O Lord God, you are my confidence from my youth. By you I have been sustained from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. And then skipping ahead to verse 9, and do not, well, actually, it's still verse 7, I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. And then verse 9, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. And so um, you can see the presence of God in David's life all throughout his life cycle as a man. Uh, By you have been sustained from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. You are my confidence from my youth, I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. This is in his adulthood. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. So that's, David has felt the presence of God, been in the presence of God for his whole life from birth until old age. And there should be a lot of comfort for us as men to see that relationship reflected in David's words and see the way see the total life cycle of a man, because one of the things that we're very cut off from uh, in this day and age is the nobility of old age. Um, we don't have elders. We're not allowed to have elders. Okay, boomer, disrespect. You know, it's, it's really bad. And to be sure, you know, there are, there are lots of elderly people that aren't worthy of respect, 
right, that are selfish and entitled, but um, that doesn't change the fact that we as men need elders and that it's an important stage of our lives that we have to be mentally and emotionally prepared for. This vision that we're going to be young men our whole lives is just not true. And we're kind of, there's like this screen, this curtain behind us, between us and, and like, you know, late middle age and old age. Like, don't look at that. I'm going to be young and awesome forever. It's like, no, you're not. You should be lucky enough to live that, that long. And so to be, th- to be looking at old age when our strength will inevitably fail us and to be living our lives, to think backwards from that moment to today, like, how would I live my life if I knew that inevitably the strength that I as a man took for granted and continue to take for granted, it will fail me? Like, I just, I just came from the gym. There will come a day where I will not be able to lift as much weight as I did today. I can still, I will, there are 75-year-old men that still lift plenty of weight, you know, but um, that will happen. And so how am I planning to live my life for the next decades, knowing that's the case? And God is with us the whole way. Um, and uh, Psalm 72, there's a lot of remembrance of just how just God is. You'll hear in my podcast with, um, his name is Ali, it'll be out next week, the New Age guy I was talking to. You know, one of the things that the New Age doesn't really have a good grasp on is the goodness of God, because it doesn't believe in God, it believes in karma. But they have no deliverer. There's no one to pray to. Who are you praying to? You can't pray to the blind, impersonal forces of karma. You're going to pray to your spirit guides. Do they have influence over reality? Really? Or are they superior over your karma? These are questions the New Age doesn't ask, but in the Christian worldview, um, you, can, you have a God to pray to who can deliver you, um, for he will deliver the needy. This is Psalm 72, verse 12, for he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him who has no helper. God is very just and loving to the afflicted and to the needy, and those people can cry out. Widows and orphans, right? Are the, true relig- the true religion is to care for widows and orphans. That's how loving God is, and by not believing in a sovereign, all-powerful Father God, Almighty Father God, cut yourself off from that deliverance. Um, And then just to end Psalm 72, um, verse 17, may his name endure forever, may his name increase as long as the sun shines, and let men bless themselves by him, let all nations call him blessed. And then verse 20, the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are are ended. It's a a lovely... um, it's a lovely sunsetting of uh, of this second book of Psalms of David's um, of David's uh, love for God and his honoring and his uh, adoration and praise of God. So now I want to go to. I'm not going to do really any in Psalm 74. I'm going to leave you to do that on your own or Psalm 75. Except for I'll skip ahead to Psalm 75 and just point out verse eight. For a cup is in the hand of the Lord and the wine foams. It is well mixed and He pours out of this. Surely all the wicked of the earth must drain and drink down its dregs. The wine press of wrath is a phrase that appears elsewhere in Scripture uh, referring to Christ's sacrifice and, uh, and drinking the, the God's cup of wrath. I think that's in Isaiah. Um, okay, so book three of Psalms, Psalm 73. I want to read this whole thing, and I want you to think through as, as, um, as, I'm, listen- as I'm reading this, um, what this says about God's justice, who we are called to be, who the wicked are, and um, and uh, 
and how we are to perceive righteousness and evil. So Psalm 73, book three, verse one, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness. The imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth. Therefore, his people return to this place and the and waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, how does God know? And is there knowledge with the most high? Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence, for I have been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when aroused, you will despise their form. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Like, is that not life for so many men, for so many people? Why do the wicked, their eyes bulge with fatness and violence as their necklace and they have set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth? And then they say, how does God know? And does, does their knowledge with the most high? Always at ease, they has increased in wealth. It would seem that the wicked prosper on earth. And verse 13, surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence, for I've been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. The upright in heart, the righteous, look at the behavior of the wicked that seems to be rewarded and say, it being good is pointless if all these wicked people gain here on earth. Why should I be good? Why should I be good when the wicked prosper? But then it says in verse 22, the thoughts regarding this, when my heart was embittered and I was <clears throat> pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you, embittered, like I'm so mad at God for making the w- wicked to prosper. And I was senseless and ignorant because you set them, verse 18, in slippery places, you cast them down to destruction, how they are destroyed in a moment. They're utterly swept away by sudden terrors. That all this prosperity is an illusion. It's an illusion. It has no stability. It has no no durable reality. God lifts them up and God casts them down. Like Pharaoh in Egypt, as we saw earlier, 
destroyed Egypt out of nowhere. Ten plagues, Red Sea, you know, slaughter of the firstborn, like out of nowhere, poof, raised up all of Egypt and just cast it all down. And so this is a psalm of Asaph. Asaph remembers in verse 25, whom have I in heaven but you, and besides you I desire nothing on earth. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will per- those who are far from you will perish, who have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. That the upright of heart, the righteous, have God as a refuge in all circumstances. And to ignore the seeming prosperity of the wicked and to ignore their words because they are in slippery places. They will be cast down to destruction. So we accept, verse 14, to be stricken all day long, to be stricken with guilt, right? And to be chastened, I screwed up. And to accept that, and to accept that harsh discipline, right? And to, and to be grateful for it because the wicked are not chastened. They're let to run free, conscience be damned, literally. They don't experience the chastening of conscience. They do, they, their heart devises wickedness all day long, right? What does it say? Prosperity of the wicked. There are no pains in their death and their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. The imaginations of their heart run riot. That's the NASB 95 translation. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. No constraints on them. They get to do whatever they want to do until God casts them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. It can come at any time. As for me, verse 28, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. So in a minute, we'll skip ahead to Proverbs. See, the fear of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The people that Asaph is describing have no fear of the Lord. Verse 11, they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge with the Most High? How does he even know? They don't have any fear of the Lord. For those of us who have fear of the Lord, that is the beginning of wisdom, right living, skillful living, and we rest Lord God is my refuge. We accept the chastisement of a loving father to stay within the cover of his, of his wisdom, of his law, so that we will not be destroyed in a moment. This is, this is a picture. This is a picture of God's grace, God's mercy, and I think of election. Because clearly, there are people who hear the word of God, hear the word of, of Christ, and people who don't. And the, psalm, the Psalms make promises of we'll say the reward, but also the, the, the treatment on this earth of those who hear God's word and obey it versus those who don't. So read Psalm 73 for a good picture of what that looks like and what proper reverence and praise and obedience to God looks like. And then I'll let you read Psalm 74 to see what the proper response is when God would appear to be wrathful on those who fail to obey him. And I'll give you some time to meditate on that, and just to mention that uh, beginning in verse 12, the Psalms get cosmic again, and I love that, verses 12 through, verses 12 through uh, 17. Perhaps to, perhaps to incentivize you to read Psalm 74, I'll read it, beginning of verse 12. Yet God is my king from of old, who works deeds of deliverance in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea monsters in the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You broke open springs and torrents. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day. Yours also is the night. You have prepared the light and the sun. You have established all the boundaries of the earth. 
you have made summer and winter. I think that great and glorious God has plans for the wicked, which is what Psalm 73 is about. So good luck with your study, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.